Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. We appreciate it. However, you're taking us in. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight is here as well. Uh, we will have Vinny Maliulo at the end of the show today, as is the case each and every Friday. Dr. Bob with his NFL picks or leans. I'm not sure if he has picks this week or if he just has leans. Whichever the case, he's got some conviction on a couple games. We will get to him. He called it last week with the Patriots and the Bills. Paul Carr to talk some uh, Premier League with us. Dave Ross, some UFC, get his NFL thoughts. Jeff and I will go through a great in-game discussion uh, that we had on the Megapod yesterday. We'll sort of power rank our coaches left in the postseason. We power ranked our kickers earlier in the week. We'll do a whole bunch of stuff. Mostly NFL. And we begin with a gentleman who was kind enough to join us last week. Really kind enough to join us two weeks in a row. Happy to have him at Sharp Football, at Sharp Football Analysis. Uh, Sharp Football Stats, Sharp Football Analysis, by the way, are the two websites. At Sharp Football, I should say, on Twitter. NBC Sports, The Ringer, ladies and gentlemen, consultant of NFL teams. It's Warren Sharp. How are you this morning, Warren? I'm good, Gil. I'm doing really well. Um, let me just, let's get into it because we obviously have uh, limited time here. We'll start. We'll do them in chronological order. Thanks for being here. Bengals at the Titans. Titans favored by three and a half. Derrick Henry is back. How do you see this? Yeah, to me, I don't even care about Derrick Henry, honestly, because I don't know what we're going to get out of him. I just think that this is one of the most underrated one seeds that we've ever had. Um, Frankly, I think if they never rejoined the playoff field in the AFC, most people across the country wouldn't even miss them. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just being honest here uh, that people just don't even see this team as a number one seed. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the fact that everybody seems to love the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a fun-loving upstart team. This is an exciting team. They've got Joe Burrow, who smokes his stogies after wins. I love Joe Burrow. He's great. They've got Jamar Chase. He's obviously a super fun receiver. They've hit on him. Um, this, is, this is such a fun team to watch and to back, especially as a dog. I'll call him a thunder dog. And this team, Vegas is giving you three and a half points on us. I mean, are you serious? Three and a half points against number one of the most disrespected one seeds. Uh, I just think it's so enticing that so many people are going to want to go and grab it. I backed the Tennessee Titans 
they got the biggest matchup advantages in the trench. There's injuries to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, D-line, the Cincinnati Bengals O-line had already been a weakness due to player injuries from earlier on in the season. And I just think the Tennessee Titans play such an off-brand of football. Uh, they'll run it on you. They'll play solid run defense against you. Um, and they'll force you down into the mud to play their game. And I just think the Tennessee Titans have the edge here. Warren, you and I agree 100% on that. In fact, I said yesterday on the show, and I won't uh, belabor it long because people heard it yesterday, uh, that they are, that this is the biggest story of the NFL season and not enough is being made of it. They might be the most disrespected number one seed of all time. And in fact, usually when, when, if a number one team would be disrespected, you'd say, oh, well, they played an easy schedule. No, in fact, they didn't play an easy schedule. They had a hard schedule and they beat all the big teams. Oh, maybe they played teams that had injuries. No, they had the injuries. It's an incredible underrating here and we'll see how this goes, but I'm on the Titans as well. It is really fascinating. Second game on Saturday. Yeah, and I, yeah I, go ahead. Yeah, I, a, I, a, I think Mike Vrabel should be coach of the year with what he's overcome and what he's gotten this team to accomplish. And, B, I mean, if you think, okay, all the rest of these teams are really good and, you know, you look at all these next games that we're going to discuss, amazing teams here, the Titans went 4-0 and against teams that are still standing in this tournament. So, yeah, I and mean, I agree with you 100%. It's incredible. San Francisco is at Green Bay. It's five and a half now. San Francisco has gotten a lot of good injury, uh, favorable injury news here of late. Yeah, they have. Um, I don't know still, though, if we're going to get all the guys that they're expecting to be back. Um, you know, some of the stuff I heard on Jair Alexander wasn't overly optimistic yesterday, but, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. The bottom line is they're certainly much more healthy than Jimmy Garoppolo currently is. Uh, the funny thing, though, about this game you know, just from a perception perspective, though, is there's a lot of people that just think, you know, the 49ers got lucky to get by the Dallas Cowboys last week somehow. I mean, that really is a perception that I've heard uh, from people out there. And, you know, the Packers are head and shoulders the better team and should win by margin. And I don't know if these same people have looked at the schedule that the Green Bay Packers have played in terms of opposing run offenses but they played the eighth easiest schedule of opposing run offenses, and yet they've performed the fifth worst of any run defense mm. in the NFL. And when you look at the teams, they've literally played nothing but teams that rank 21st or worst in rushing efficiency except for five games. And in those five games, every single one of them has been decided by one score. They've lost along the way, but every single one of them has been decided by one score, except for when they beat the Seahawks, 17 to nothing when Russ returned from his finger injury way too early and was clearly not close to being ready to perform at that NFL level. Um, I obviously have considerable concerns, though, about the Packers with Jimmy Garoppolo and how he's going to fare in the cold weather, and so I've, I've been very light on this game in terms of wanting to touch it or do anything to the side or the total yet. Um, but I, I do think people need to realize that the Packers haven't played very many good run teams, and, and certainly this is a very good run offense. It's a great point, as great as any. We go to Sunday, Tampa Bay now, two-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Rams. Uh, Tampa Bay, obviously, even in, in a blowout defeat of Philadelphia, you saw some frustration with Tom Brady in that game. Now the Rams come in off a blowout win over the Cardinals. Two and a half now, though, Warren. It has dropped. 
Yeah, I think from a matchup perspective, it is a tough game for the defending Super Bowl champions when they have to deal with the likes of, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously they're starting a tackle and their starting center have not practiced yet this week. I believe Jensen, they were both slated not to practice. Bruce Arians said that before the week of practice even started. So people are getting excited or surprised that, oh, my gosh, it's Thursday, they still haven't practiced. That was the plan all along. The question is, is Werfs going to be able to go? I kind of think no, but I absolutely believe that Ryan Jensen, their center, will be going. But he may not be 100%, and that's going to be a tough task then against Aaron Donald up the middle. What we know causes Tom Brady problems is pressure up the middle. And what we know that Tom Brady loves to do is get the ball out quickly to his trusted receivers that he has a lot of chemistry with. And in the past, it's always been like an Edelman type, you know, one of these guys in the slot who's really quick and is on time and is always where he needs to be. Um, now you've got his most trusted receiver because he's lost Godwin and he's lost A.B. Uh, is, is Mike Evans. But Mike Evans plays more on the outside, number one. And number two, Mike Evans is going to be matched up by Jalen Ramsey. And so really where are the edges there for uh, Tom Brady to attack this Rams defense with? And we remember that Tom Brady with the New England Patriots played this Rams defense a couple of years ago in something called the Super Bowl and, and barely scored beyond into the double digits in that game. Now, they won the game and they won the Super Bowl, and that, at the end of the day, is all that matters. But that is where this game is going to be decided, in my opinion. It's a referendum on Sean McVay. That day, Sean McVay could not make any adjustments to the pressure that the Patriots were bringing and could not score more than three points in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He has got to figure out a way to do something against this Bucks defense that still is a very good defense, particularly the front seven, particularly against the run. When they played in week three of the season, this, Buck, uh, this Rams offense ran the ball on only 19% of first downs in the first half of games. The last two weeks, They've ran the ball with Sony Michelle and Cam Akers and both these guys healthy and in the fold, like between 80% and 73% of the time on first downs in the first half of the game. They've shifted way run heavy the last two weeks. Are they going to continue to go way run heavy in this game? Are they going to go back to way pass heavy like they were in the week three meeting? It's going to be fascinating for me to watch this one. But to me, I already know what I kind of can expect when Brady has the football. This is going to come down to Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. Was that the right move to get Matthew Stafford? And can Sean McVay actually be a good in-game coach and make the adjustments necessary to beat this Bucks defense? That's what I'm going to be watching for. That is outstanding analysis. A referendum on Sean McVay for all the reasons stated. And finally, we got 60 seconds here, Warren. To me, it's the least bettable of all the games on the side, but probably the most fun to watch. The Chiefs and the Bills. Chiefs down to one and a half here. Agree on the side, but on the total, I think it's outstanding because I think it's laughable that people are going to be backing the under thinking that this is a, t a total that's too high. The total has been higher. These te this is the third time these teams met in the same field, in the same calendar year, in the same 12 months. The total both of those games was set higher than it is right now. The total in both of those games went over. In the first game, it was the AFC Championship, 
and somebody named Patrick Mahomes was dealing with turf toe and concussion in that game. We weren't even sure if he was going to play. He wasn't close to 100%. The offensive line was completely ravaged, and yet that game still went over by flying margin. They also had a guy named Tredavious White for the Buffalo Bills in that game. He is not here right now, their number one cover corner. In the game earlier this year, something called a huge thunderstorm rolled through, <laughs> delayed the game by 40 minutes at halftime. It was pouring down rain in the second half of the game, and it still went over a total that was higher than this one. I think the oddsmakers set a low total here. I think it's going to go over the total, and I really like it. Warren, rock solid as ever. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Good luck this weekend, Gil. You too. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the rest of the uh, postseason. Warren Sharp at Sharp Football on Twitter. SharpFootballStats.com. SharpFootballAnalysis.com. NBC Sports. And, of course, The Ringer. Jeff and I with some in-game talk from the Megapod next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football playoff season is here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM, with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app. Won't take you but a few seconds and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 
522-4700. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Producer number five and eight. Uh, we'll save the in-game stuff for later. Um, tennis picks. I do have two. Dan Weston gets it done again yesterday. Dan Weston, as I always say, the greatest global tennis handicapper and uh, master of tennis analytics there is, gets it done with both of his plays yesterday. I did not get it done. I do have two picks later. We don't have Dan here today. I've got two picks. 100% unmoved. Here we go forward with tennis. Uh, One of them has already gotten away from us a little bit, I think. I had a much I got a much better number last night. Not too far out of whack. We'll see what the number is now. Maybe it's still playable. The other one certainly is playable. All right, Jeff, let's do this here for this segment. Let's go through a bunch of rankings. Let's do our ridiculous divisional round power rankings as we slough off teams from last week. Let's revisit the field goal kicker thoughts from earlier this week. And then let's do our head coaches as we approach divisional round this week. And later, Jeff and I will give our final picks. Mine are pretty clear. Uh, I actually fear I actually have more clarity this week, Jeff, with my three picks than I have in most any week this year. Is that a bad sign? It doesn't that doesn't feel right. But if but I feel that way. Well, look, this is usually a uh, this is usually a favored round. Yeah. And you have conviction on a number one seed that you have had conviction on for 13 weeks now. Yeah. And the other two are dogs for me, though. The other two are dogs, though. Curious to hear what your thoughts are. Here are the power rankings. Mine. So we, we had the 14 teams last week. The only I only made two changes because basically the teams that got eliminated, Jeff, on mine all were 9 through 14, with the exception of one. The Bengals remain at number 8 for me. The Bills jump from 9 to 7. Cowboys out. Obviously, they don't play anymore. But other than that, they all remain the same. Niners 6, so Bengals 8, Bills 7, Niners 6, Chiefs 5. Again, the reason for me that, that, the, uh, that the Buccaneers remain at 4 is the Tom Brady factor, so I'm not going to I'm not going to knock them down anymore. The reason the Bills are seven to me is because I just don't think their breadth of schedule and who they beat is impressive at all. The Rams do move up to three. I agree with Warren. I love the line, a referendum on Sean McVay. And for me, the Titans, and you know how I felt about the Titans all year, they're number two. What a, what a story and how people aren't grasping it, I do not understand. And the Packers remain number one. Absolutely. Remain number one until proven otherwise. You. All right. So I did mine a little bit differently than I have been doing them because I just went off of team that I still think can win the Super Bowl more than anything now. And even though mine are a little bit different, uh, Green Bay is at number one, still at number one for me. Tampa Bay at number two still because if they win this week, they will have a chance to march in the Lambeau field and win next week, even even with the injuries, assuming Wirfs is ready to go. Uh, Kansas City, I have a number three. Uh, the Titans, I have a number four. Buffalo moves up to five. They actually vault in front of Cincinnati because of the way that Buffalo looked in that game. And if that game, the one big thing with that matchup now is – they would get that game in Western New York against Cincinnati. That's a lot to ask the Bengals to go on the road to the number one seed and then follow it up going to a tough environment back-to-back weeks. So that's why Buffalo hops them. I don't think the Rams are capable of going into Lambeau and winning. 
So that's why they're so low. Could they win this week? Yeah, I'm probably going to bet them to win this week. But I don't think they're capable of going into Lambeau. That's why they're so low. And San Francisco's injuries makes it pretty easy to put them in eight. Okay, take those for what they uh, for what they are. Let's revisit the field goal kicker rankings we have. We, again, the, the point of these being, of all the things we never talk about in the NFL, and that has the most impact or, or some of the greatest impact on games is field goal kicking. Who do you trust at the end of games for these teams? Uh Here's what we put out based on the numbers that Mason Crosby based on the numbers is eight and Randy Bullock of the Titans, the two number one seeded kickers, if you will, kickers for the number one seeds are the two bottom kickers, the ones you can trust the least. Jeff pointed out that he believed Randy Bullock is actually eight to him because Mason Crosby does have that playoff experience and Bullock just doesn't have the track record. Can't disagree with that. By the numbers, though, we'll put eight and seven. And then the six, six through two, I mean... I, I ended up putting Ryan Suckup again. Just by the numbers this year, you see them on the screen. Ryan Suckup was, you know, Randy Bullock was 8 of 13 between 40 and 49 yards. Mason Crosby was 9 of 13 between 30 and 39 and 4 of 8 between 40 and 49. That's just, these days, that's just subpar. But the real, the real interest in this exercise is those are the only two kickers that aren't really tremendous. Ryan Suckup, 7 of 10 from 40 to 49 yards and only attempted 150-plus yarder all year, missed it. By the way, Bullock only attempted 150-plus yarder all year and made it. So those two teams, the Titans and the Buccaneers, may not have the confidence in their kickers to kick from long distance. Suckup also missed three extra points, as did Bullock. Number five, Tyler Bass. The only reason he went, uh, he was two of four from 50-plus. By the way, he missed two extra points last week. Could have missed three after going 51 for 51 during the regular season. Robbie Gould comes in at four only because he attempted fewer field goals than everybody else. Uh, in the end, seven of nine from 40 to 49, three of four from 50 plus. But then three, two, one, Evan McPherson, we have a three here, six of nine from 40 to 49, nine of 11 from 50 plus. Harrison Butker of the Chiefs, number two, four of five from 40 to 49, seven of nine from 50 plus. And then how can you argue with Matt Gay? He is, he's missed two field goals all year, seven of eight from 40 to 49, four of five from 50 plus. So, you agree generally, uh, Jeff, Bullock and Crosby at the bottom, Gay probably number one. You had Butker number one, right? I still will take Butker over over Matt Gay, even though Matt Gay has been spectacular this year. Yeah, I mean, you, 32 of 34, you can't really say anything about that. But that's generally how it tears up, I think, with Bullock and Crosby at the bottom, Butker and Gay perhaps one, two, three with McPherson and then the middle there. But that's the real story is that kickers are just – if you're not elite, if you don't have an elite kicker, you're the exception now. And I think the number one seeds, interestingly, Titans and the Packers are the two teams that might have the least trustworthy kickers at this point. With apologies to Mason Crosby, who's had great kicks during his career, but in the same these days, it doesn't seem. Will he be able to, to come through in a clutch postseason performance? We'll see. All of these for your handicapping. Let's rank the coaches. Jeff, you saw mine. I didn't see yours. Here were mine. Zach Taylor I have at eight just because he's the most unproven of the bunch. I agree with Warren about Sean McVay. I think he's a terrible in-game adjuster. I think he sticks to his plan, and that's all he's got. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I have him at seven. Three through six, I didn't really know what to do with. I put McDermott six because he's the least... Well, I didn't. I, I shouldn't say that about Matt LaFleur. I put McDermott six. I put Andy Reid five because of clock management issues. I didn't put him higher. 
Bruce Arians, four, has been a good coach everywhere. I did put LaFleur, three, but if you jumbled three through six, I wouldn't mind. But I got Shanahan, two, and Vrabel, one, and I'm pretty unwavering on that. McVay Taylor at the bottom, Vrabel Shanahan at the top for me. You. <laughs> and I'm talking about trusting them in game now. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, I did mine a little differently. I'm going to still take. I'm still going to take Andy Reid number one. Wow. Uh, mostly because the biggest advantage that any coach has at the moment, even though it didn't play out last week, is Andy Reid's 15 play, the 20 play script to begin the game is the best asset that any coach has, period. That I'll give you. So that's why I have him at number one. Arians, I just trust Bruce Arians. I do too. Uh, a, a really good coach, even though, it, again, I don't know why he whacked his own player in the head last week, but that was a different story <laughs> different for a different show. day. Then number three is where this got really difficult because I like Mike Vrabel a whole lot. He should be the coach of the year. I don't love his in-game stuff. Really? But the way he gets his team prepared every single week is a huge advantage. So Vrabel comes at a number three. Now, four through six, any order's fine with me. I just took McVay over the other two because even though Shanahan has been in the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan we have seen multiple times, and it almost happened again last week, where Kyle Shanahan with a lead or in a playoff game forgets what he's done the whole time to get him to that situation with the lead. So McVay, LaFleur, Shanahan, put him in any order, no problem. But I went McVay, LaFleur, Shanahan. Sean McDermott, I, I'm not a huge in-game guy with McDermott. Our, so seven and eight seven. Were, our seven and eight were the same, yeah. And then Zach Taylor, I think by default has to be number eight. We definitely have have disagreement on one through six, though. That's interesting. That's interesting because I have, I, for me, it's Vrabel and Shanahan in whatever order you want at the top. And for you, it is Reed and Arians, who I have in the middle. That's That's interesting to me. And you have McVay way higher than I do. That I don't trust that dude at all. I don't trust any of those guys really in that four through six. Lafleur still that field goal from last year still. Oh, that's still I mean that's a good point. That's, that's why you can't. It's why you can't put Lafleur higher. You're probably better with your Lafleur ranking than mine. It's a good point about that game last year. Uh, always interesting to think about because when you're betting, it really does come down to, especially in game, who do you trust? Let's talk some UFC next with Dave Ross, numbers game beast in the sports betting. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, of course. And then on the big game weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. Those 56 hours begin with primetime action on Friday night. And run through uh, Mitch and Paul doing their night show, which is also the which will be re-aired in the morning, I believe, at the end of the Super Bowl. Fifty-six hours. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the Vsin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Ladies and gentlemen, he is not only a uh, host here at the network, hosting multiple shows. You'll see him on the Lombardi line quite often, but he also uh, is the host of First Strike, our MMA show. Glad to have him on a numbers game for the first time to talk UFC 270 and the NFL. It's Dave Ross already with his Dukes up. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> I'm doing great, Gil. The best part about hosting a show like First Strike is I don't have to fight. I can talk about the fights, right. but I don't have to get there and get get my you-know-what kick because that's what would happen. I always I always like think, Gil, you know, I could still like make a certain weight in, in mixed martial arts. And then when you watch these guys and these women, you go, oh, I got no shot. So let me get this straight. When you host First Strike, you're not actually getting bludgeoned into oblivion. That, 
I have to tell my mom that. And so see. she says, okay, I understand now. Like when you have guys, when you have fighters like this week, Gil, with nicknames like the, the God of War and Assassin Baby, <laughs> I understand that the support isn't necessarily for everybody. How, how awesome would it be if your nickname in life was the God of War? This <laughs> would be the best. <laughs> Just to walk around as the God of War. Oh. I am the God of War. Yes, that is me. I'm the God of War. Is, is that the God of War by the slot machines? That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's tremendous. <laughs> All right, so I want to get your football thoughts, but let's let's talk at least at the top of this card for UFC 270. Let's start with the main event. Hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Cyril Ghosn, minus 150. Francis Ngannou, plus 125 coming back. I am no UFC expert, but that is a curious-looking line, isn't it, to the casual it, observer? It absolutely is, and I know you've got uh, Vinny Mayulo coming on later. you got to ask Vinny, can you get this number down to around a pick em? Because that's where I liked Cyril gone about two weeks ago. And now at minus 150, Gil, I sit there and I go, you know, it, it is like a stock. And look, I understand when we handicap football versus handicap MMA, it's very different. 53-man roster versus one-on-one -on -one fight, right? So really, the handicap doesn't change a whole lot. You see pathways to victory for both guys. And I do see pathways here for Francis Ngannou to get the win and or Cyril gone. But when the price does get to a certain number, you go, boy, is the value in that gone? And right now, at minus 150 for Cyril gone, we're getting to that point, Gil, because Francis Ngannou is still regarded as the baddest man on the planet. He's still certainly the scariest man and maybe the biggest man that you're going to see in MMA. But Cyril Ghosn is his equal. He is a guy that's trained with him back in their days uh, in yesteryear in France, right? They don't have uh, a whole lot of uh, good feelings towards each other anymore, but they used to be teammates. They used to be friends. They used to train together. So they know each other. They know what one man can do inside that octagon. Francis Ngannou cannot wait, Gil. He's going to have to get off earlier in this fight than he's normally accustomed to because Cyril Ghosn is the biggest flowing heavyweight we've arguably ever seen in MMA. So he's going to be able to level change. He's going to be able to go in and out. And those fighters like a Stipe Miocic, think of Stipe, but even bigger and more fluid. That's who Cyril Ghosn is. So this isn't some small guy trying to float around the octagon and stay away from Francis. This is a guy that's going to engage Francis. And Francis is a one-trick pony. It's an unbelievable trick, that right hand. But if he can't land it, how else can he win this fight? That's really going to be the curiosity for me. Can he really stuff those takedown attempts by Cyril Ghosn? Can he avoid the clinch? Because Cyril Ghosn's really good in a lot of these different areas. He probably has superiority over Francis there. But Francis still has that right hand. And if that right hand gets home, Cyril Ghosn will get knocked out like all the rest. So am I hearing a bet there of an under, perhaps, based on everything you just said? Yes, I like the under. And I, I know that a lot of the sharps that I've talked to, certainly getting ready for first strike, kind of like the over in this one of two, two and a half rounds. I don't think so. I think Francis comes in early. I think he empties the gas tank early. And he either gets out Cyril Ghosn or... He's going to have that adrenaline dump. We've seen before it happened against Derek Lewis, one of the worst three-round fights I've ever seen. And we saw it against Stipe the first time around. When Stipe got that, that takedown in the first round, Francis was done. He was Sean Penn. He was dead man walking for the ne next four rounds in that fight. So to me, this is one of those that Francis knows he can't win on points. He can't win a war of attrition against Gon. He's got to go in there, throw haymakers, and get him out of there. And that's worked against just about everybody not named Stipe Miocic the first time around. Let's see if he can do it again. But I don't think this is going to be a wait fight for, for Francis. Like, sits back, 
tries to find openings, picks a spot. Nah, this is going to be go for broke, Mike Tyson style. Let's get in there and see if we can get this thing done early. Man, you got me pumped up, Dave, for this uh, Cyril Gaon heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou interim heavyweight champion, Ngannou and uh, Dana White. Great friends these days, I think we can say. Uh, very, uh, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll be having dinner yes. uh, right afterward at South Point. Co-main, Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueredo. Brandon Moreno, who has been, well, let's see, tremendous the last 18 months, or at least people have, uh, you know, certainly been oh. paying attention the last 18 months. Minus 175 for Moreno. Davis and Figueredo, we're showing plus 145. Always shop around with these because you might be able to find an even better price. It's got to be some value on Figueredo here, no? Uh, your, your radar is on, my friend. I took Figueredo earlier in the week at plus 155, so the money is starting to come down. On the challenger, and I, and I know that we've had uh, Lou Fidicaro on. Lou does a great job of watching the, these weigh-ins. Today will be key for Figueredo. Really like that value. Look, I'm trusting that he's in shape. It's not that he's out of shape. He's just one of the biggest guys that you ever squeeze into 125 pounds. And the last couple weight cuts he's had have been tough against Moreno. And I think they showed themselves on fight night. I've been watching Figueredo all week, and he looks fantastic. It looks like, knock on wood, that the weight cut won't be an issue. You know Moreno. There's no questions there. Moreno could go for days. Cardio is never an issue for Moreno, right? So to me, if Figueredo really doesn't have to worry about that hitting that 125 limit today, and it's not going to stress him out in the scales, look out, people. I think people, it's like, who was it? Roy Jones uh, against T uh, Tarver? Y'all must have forgot Roy Jones, right? <laughs> I think That's people right. have forgotten who Figueredo is. This was regarded as the baddest man in the planet at 125 pounds not that long ago, like a year ago, until Moreno had the incredible first fight with Figueredo that went to a draw that Figueredo should have won, but he had a point deduction against him. And the second time around, that weight cut was too much to overcome, and Moreno got him out of there and got a submission. So to me, again, firefight, gentlemen, and three and a half rounds for the under. I'm taking that as well. Oh. I know these guys went the distance the last time. I know people think the same thing's going to happen again. Nope. I think you're going to see a real firefight in the, in the co-main and the main event. I'm taking the unders in both of those fights. So under, under, and Figueredo is what we got there. I did not see the yeah. uh, under in the uh, co-main coming. There you go. Okay. So That's, three yeah. Minimum, I know. Yeah, I'm a little bit off from from what I think one of the experts think, but I just don't no. think we're going to get long nights in Vegas. That's why we have oh, excuse you. Excuse me, in, in, in Houston. That's why we have you here. By the way, uh, you can follow Dave on Twitter at DRossSports. Uh, DRossSports on Twitter. Uh, host of First Strike. How often do you put out First Strike episodes, by the way, Dave? Uh, we do on Tuesday first look for First Strike, and then today on Friday oh. it'll come out. We're going to do our show in about three hours. And by the way, I got the venue wrong for a third time. It's in California. I'll get it right where this fight is today or tomorrow. Come on, Dave. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> know your geography. Know your geography. By the way, I forgot to mention in Dave's. I forgot to mention in Dave's <laughs> intro, legend of the DMV, Dave Ross. I forgot to mention that as well. I love my people in the DMV like you do. All right, we got two minutes. Your okay. what have you bet divisional round? I have been a six-point teaser in this, Gil. And what I've done is I've tried to make this an Al Davis just win, baby, type game for the Green Bay Packers. I'm laying – I'm going to give up the six points here and a six-point tease and make it a pick em against San Francisco. I don't trust the Niners with all, all their injuries. I really don't. And I would say even if they were fully healthy, if I made this a pick em game and I see it's up to six and a half now, so half point for the Packers, we know we're gonna, not going to get a tie. Thank God. It's not the regular season. So I love the Packers here in that six-point tease, and i got to find a dance partner. 
I think I found one in the Cincinnati Bengals, teasing that up to nine and a half, Gil. I just think in what I think should be a field goal game with Derrick Henry back, I think the Titans are going to try to limit possessions. And because of that, I, I don't see this wild shootout with a lot of variants. I, I, I think it's going to be close to the best type game. So in a field goal game, and then you're going to give me the extra touchdown here and go through those key numbers of seven, eight, and nine to nine and a half, I'm going to take the, the Bengals plus the nine and a half, and I'm going to take the Packers at even. So you kept it simple. One teaser, no sides, no totals, just that. No, I also took the Packers minus six yesterday, Gil. Because <laughs> I, I just, I really, you know, the I lament in your voice. Yes, I know. <laughs> I like, I, I feel like the number was a little bit too large. But then the, when I just keep looking at the Niners and the injuries, and we don't, you know, we're assuming Nick Bosa is going to be back. We're assuming Fred Warner is going to be okay with that ankle to look awful a week ago. We assume Jimmy G has got a bad finger and a bad shoulder. And sometimes he's just bad. You combine all those things and you expect to get Jimmy G to play lights out. You didn't do that against Dallas. And by the way, the Packers aren't going to make 14 penalties. That, that, that's not going to happen. And if, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to make a bad pick like Dak had in the third quarter. Those, those things are not going to happen for the Green Bay Packers. Dave, appreciate it, man. Love it. Let's do this again, shall we? Always like seeing you guys. Have a great show. You too. Dave Ross, everybody. Nicest dude in the world, by the way. At D Ross Sports on Twitter and the host of First Strike uh, right here on VEASAN exclusively, the Sports Betting Network. Paul Carr will join us. He'll give his Premier League picks and his American football picks as well. It's next. Numbers Game VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. A numbers game. 
game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the pro football playoffs. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in a pro football playoff game. I should hope that happens. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. As always, gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Skill Alexander still to come. Tennis picks. Dr. Bob with his two leans for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Vinny Maolio will join us as well. And uh, great, I don't want to offend anybody, but that Megapod yesterday might have been the finest Megapod of the year. Las Vegas Chris, Adam Chernoff, Mike Palm, Todd Wishnev, and I. And uh, I want to play like a three-minute clip of that where we talk about certain in-game strategy that we've talked about on a numbers game before, but it was a long time ago when we used to do Wishnev Wednesdays, but it came up on the show. A whole bunch of great sidebars on this Megapod this week. Uh, it was phenomenal. Listen, check it out. The Beating the Book of Megapod, wherever podcasts are distributed. But we'll play a clip from it a little later on. We'll have a little in-game discussion because, you know, it's one thing to talk about all these things pre-flop, but once the games start tomorrow, your mind shifts and you want to have some advantages. And I think we we should uh, talk about this one, and we will. Paul Carr is here to join us, at Paul Carr, C-A-R-R on Twitter. He is the host of the Expected Value podcast, works at True Media Networks, an alum of ESPN Research, Stats and Information. I'm not sure what the correct term is. It's Paul Carr, everybody. How you doing, Paul? Yeah, it all works. Stats and Information Department, <laughs> Research the Sub-Department, whatever. And a guy who has given us multiple ESPN stories from back in the day. You've been very generous about that. We appreciate it. Let me ask you this. You bet. Let me ask you this, because I want to get your football thoughts for this weekend, too. Yeah. American football, that is. But first, let's yep. talk about the beautiful game. And before we get your picks, can you describe to people... Uh, what went on in this Tottenham game against Leicester City? <laughs> and you actually yeah. had a bet on it. I did. I had, had, a, had a pre-flop bet for Tottenham to win because I think Tottenham's been playing pretty well. We'll touch on that. Yeah, they were down. Uh, they were down a goal in the fifth minute of stoppage time in the second half. So 94 plus on the clock. They were down a goal, and they scored twice more and won the game. It was the latest in the Premier League <laughs> era, which I think is since which is since 92. It's the latest a team had been trailing and still won the game in any Premier League match. Were you watching so, this live? I was, and it was so unlikely. I almost didn't get excited. I was more dumbfounded by it all. I was like, what? Okay, <laughs> thank you. Do, are you, do you. You can't believe your eyes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like Because I just you write it off. You know, you're down a goal in the fifth minute of stoppage time. It's like, all right, this is a loss. We'll take it. And, right, it, was, and it was the same guy who made both goals, right? Yeah, yeah. Guy came off the bench, scored both goals. Came off the all bench. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's unbelievable. And he he's yeah. not and come off the bench. He he's like not even I, I I think I understand he's not even even like one of their top players that comes off the bench or something like that. Right. Like, if, like, like if Sun Hyung Min were healthy, if Sun Hyung Min were healthy, he probably wouldn't have played. 
or, you know, maybe he comes off the bench later. But yeah, I mean, he's not a bad player, but not a regular starter in the Tottenham rotation. Shouldn't that dude just retire? Like, it'll never get more awesome than that moment. Yeah. Yeah, throw your jersey into the crowd and don't come back. It's <laughs> incredible. Good for you on the win. That's that. Will, yeah, that was a fun one. That's what, Paul. If I ever catch you complaining about a bad beat, I'm going to remind <laughs> right. you of that. That's right. That's worth yeah. about twenty bad beats right there. All right, your yep. three Premier League picks are. All right, we're starting tomorrow with Leeds and Newcastle. I like Leeds to win this one, even money uh, is my price. In some ways, this is really simple. Newcastle is not good at all. Uh, they're last in expected goal difference. And more importantly for this specific game, they're last in possession. They have 38% of the ball for the season. And Leeds is kind of a sneaky good possession team. They're 55% on average and number five in the league. So just the way this game's going to go, Leeds is going to have like two thirds of the ball. They're going to outshoot Newcastle, you know, like, 18 to eight or something, which is about what they average against the non you know, top four or five teams this season. So Leeds is just going to kind of dominate this game and try to just, again, play on the odds that they're going to get a lot more shots and get a, one more goal than Newcastle. So Newcastle also doesn't have the top scorer, Callum Wilson, top center back, Rodrigo Fernandez, uh, and Leeds has been playing uh, fairly well the last week or two. So I like Leeds to win this one. Uh, Newcastle is one ten and nine on the season. Is that good? And, told that's not it, good and that might be generous like all those draws like they're yeah. pulling stuff out sometimes only burnley has fewer points than newcastle just by one yeah. two uh, and i okay. think burnley has a couple games in hand the, the table's all screwy because of covid and stuff so like teams have played four less games than other, oh, that's fewer right. games than Bur- others sometimes yeah burnley so, has played yeah. three fewer games than newcastle so newcastle by yeah. far is the worst team uh, yep. based on that 12 total points just by contrast man city at the top has 56 <laughs> uh, yeah, give him the trophy all right leads plus 100 uh plus 100 rather over newcastle always shop around number two oh we actually got a uh it's funny you bring this game up because we actually got a tweet about this uh um, yeah this is from uh, tim lawson at the better life curious paul carr's thoughts on uh on west ham Total one and a half against Man U. He said, I found the over as high as plus 190. Yeah, I like just about any over in this game that's reasonable, whether it's team or combined. So I've played over two and a half goals at minus 145. Uh, I really wanted to play over three. It wasn't available in my book, but I think you can find over three around like plus 115, which I like. Or even if you want to get a little more nuts, over three and a half plus 165 or so. Uh, But I played over two and a half. Uh, Both these teams are top seven in the league in goals. Per game by total goals per game, I mean allowed and scored. Same thing and expected goals is actually even better. They're in the top three, so I think this is going to be a crazy one. Uh, United tends to kind of run up the score a little bit on bad defenses, and West Ham's had a bad defense lately with Kurt Zuma out, uh, one of their best center backs. He might be back for this game, but he's coming back from COVID. So even if he is, you know, I'm not thinking a, a full-fledged Zuma is going to change things in this matchup. So I just think it's going to be open. Both teams have injuries. Both teams are dealing with Cup of Nations absences. I just think it's going to get nuts. I don't I don't really know what's going to happen from an outcome standpoint. But, I mean, three, four goals, I think, is kind of the definitely the expectation I have here. So I have over two and a half. Uh, if you want to go higher or you want to play a team total, uh, like Tim suggested, I'm good with that too. Yeah, it sounds like you, uh, you endorsed Tim's bet at plus 190. Oh, and yep. looky here, speaking of Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. So Tottenham has been really good since uh, Antonio Conte, new manager took over in November. And since then they've probably been the third best team in the league behind city and Liverpool. Uh, Chelsea is you know, generally that third best team, but they've kind of been scuffling. Uh, really. They ran hot early in the year. I think through, I forget 
the first uh, dozen or so games, they had allowed three goals, but it was 10 expected goals. So, you know, their opponents were running cold would be another way of saying it. Uh, and it's kind of coming around on Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea did beat Tottenham twice in the league cup a couple weeks ago, uh, but Tottenham played him fairly evenly outside of the first uh, few minutes of one of the games. So, I mean, the bottom line is to me, Chelsea's got injuries. Tottenham's playing better. I'm going to play Tottenham plus half a goal at plus 120. Uh, Chelsea's just not, they're not clicking like they were last year. The defense isn't quite as good. The offense is frankly about the same, but they're just giving up more goals and Tottenham's been playing really well. So I'm going to play plus half a goal at plus 120. All right. So Leeds plus 100 over the dreadful Newcastle side. Mm-hmm. Man U, West Ham over two and a half, but you like overs galore, no matter which way you yep. slice it in that game. Pretty much. And then Tottenham coming off the miracle win, and I do mean miraculous, <laughs> plus a half at Chelsea, plus 120. Always shop around for the prices. Now, the beauty of uh, of the NFL, the beauty of American football, Paul, is it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it matter if I bring in a, a Premier League guest, a UFC guest, doesn't matter. It's the one sport where everybody has an opinion on. I can't do this for baseball. Yeah. I can't ask random, yeah. hey, what did you pick on the baseball game or the, or the basket, even the NBA? But the NFL, division yeah. round, your favorite bets of the weekend. we got about 90 seconds here. Yes. So I, the the one bet I played was early in the week. I got the Packers uh, minus four and a half. I think it's five and a half now. Yeah. Um, My logic is basically this. They've had a week off. I think we always forget how good the one seeds are or two seeds as it used to be when they have a week off. O-line's getting healthy. Defense is healthier. You know, Zadarius Smith is back. I know all the numbers of San Francisco and the run game and the Packers bad run defense. Uh, I think the Packers defense has gotten better over the course of the season. And really it all comes down to this for me. Do I trust Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, I don't want to be in a spot where the Packers even just go up seven, nothing. And then you're just like, oh boy. Well, when you put it that way, Paul, yeah, <laughs> you know, I got to trust Jimmy yeah. G to come back in 20 degree weather or whatever it's going to be. So, so yeah, I, I play the Packers uh, minus four and a half early in the week. And, and that was, the, like, that was the one bet you made. Nothing else. It, yeah. Okay. Nope. That's all. Do you plan on making another? Are you thinking about making another? No, uh, I, I kind of lean toward the chiefs a little bit only because I know Buffalo looks so good. It's kind of a, a opposite knee jerk reaction. It right. looks so good, but they just, I think you've said this, they haven't played anybody. I haven't really beaten almost anybody this year. I don't know if I trust them. Uh, Kansas City's at home, which is something. I and mean, that's basically the difference in the line right now. So I lean towards Kansas city on the AFC side, but I haven't made a play yet. Yeah. We also had a discussion again, sidebar on the Megapod yesterday, how like expanding to 17 weeks now, has almost made every team have to have some crater in that Buffalo loss against Jacksonville, the way they performed yeah. that first game against New England. It's almost like not even close to the team they are now, um, yep. the way that a whole arc of a season goes. Paul, we appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. You bet. Same to you. Have a good one. Paul Carr, everybody, at Paul Carr, C-A-R-R on Twitter. Dr. Bob, Bob Stoll next. His NFL leans on the way. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 